Nina, you already have one person who raised their hand. Yes, I, I see that. Yes. So, you know, we're all struggling. We're all trying to just get through this life in a way that is dignified and has some uh, light in it. And we rub up against each other. And we, we encounter difficult experiences. You know, we're sick or somebody we love is sick or we lose a job or, um, or we, we worry about being able to, to take care of the kids or, you know, all of, the, all of the usual ways that we as human beings encounter trouble and problems and that sometimes seem insurmountable. And can we actually have, um, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of self-compassion because I know that there's this huge movement towards it in America. I don't know if it's reached, reached across this, <laughs> the pond uh, because I, you know, because I, I feel as if somehow it might go off the rails in terms of thinking that we are the only ones who are suffering in this way, right? But that we can actually, um, this idea of the universality of suffering, I think is really helpful so that we don't feel that we're victims. We just know that we're alive in this body and therefore subject to all of these kinds of experiences. So instead of thinking that somehow something's gone wrong or the world has, you know, is unjust towards me, can we actually acknowledge, oh, this is, this is, this comes from being alive in a body. This is, this is what happens and we all have our own versions of it, right? So because we're suffering it, it doesn't mean that we're suffering it alone. And can we then, um, the way I work with it is to broadcast whatever I'm feeling across the whole world and saying, oh, there are probably millions of people feeling these same feelings. What do I feel for them? And how can I be of service or how can I help them um, overcome these uh, difficulties. And in the same way that I would want to help them overcome the difficulties, I can help myself to overcome those difficulties. And to not, to not blame yourself for feeling self-pity or guilt or whatever the accompanying feelings are, but to notice them with awareness, with presence, and with compassion for oneself that this is what comes from being in a body, in a, in a human body. And, you know, so we get on with it. We get on with working with it, of coping with it. Mm. I hope that helps. Gina, there is a I'm very in interesting question first. Oh, thank you for reminding me that the next is to go to the chat. Yes. Can, can you see that chat? Uh, let me go up. Uh, no, it's probably come on a different um, different so, order than yours. I will read it. I am with my mom. Okay, lovely. Who has a terminal mm -hmm. illness. It seems odd to offer her success. Parents' success in dying and being with pain. So, so it may that may seem odd, uh, but it depends on how you define success. So if you define success as somehow becoming 
rid of the terminal nature of the illness, then that would seem very odd. But the success may be more, um, yes, as you say, perhaps success in dying and being with pain. So dying is, a, is, a, is an experience we will all have. Um, and, uh, and certainly pain is not something that is uh, foreign to any of us who are in, a, are, are in a body. So what would it be like to wish her peace? And so, or however you would define success. So maybe perhaps not use the word success, but use the word peace, tranquility. Um, and so, and the overcoming of the difficulties that give her this, this pain. And I imagine it's unbearable or insufferable if, uh, if, it's, a, if it's dying. But somehow for those people, for those few occasions when I've been with people who are dying, I think we are more in pain than they are. And I mean emotional pain, I don't mean physical pain. Um, so perhaps you can also include yourself in those wishes. Uh, whatever you would wish for yourself, you can wish for your mom. And I'm so sorry to, to, to be discussing this with you that you, know, that you are going through this experience of being with someone that you love, I imagine, who has a terminal illness. And how do you, how, how do you balance um, your own feelings with the feelings of, with, with the need to take care of and the need to be with the, um, the feelings, the complex feelings of someone who has a terminal illness. So it's, it, it's complicated, but you can certainly have um, human uh, uh, compassion for, um, for, your, for, for your mom, for yourself, and, and if you have siblings or other people around who love her, um, that you're all working with it and dealing with it. And, how to, to remember that everyone is dealing with it in the way that they're dealing with it and to wish them success in that, in however they would define it, not however you would define it, but how would they define success in dealing with this last journey of, of, of their life? I hope that helps. Mm. Yeah, so I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, so you can have compassion for the suffering of being um, the victim of these conspiracy theories, right? Because, you know, when we have, we may have the conspiracy theories in our minds and be convinced that, you know, they're true, but in some ways we're being victimized. So, can, so is it possible for you to open your heart to that. You may not be able to accept his belief in those conspiracy, conspiracy theories, but you can open your heart to the suffering of what belief in those conspiracy theories produce, because it, it, I imagine it produces fear and paranoia and, um, and an inability to actually see what is true and what is not true. So, so your, your job to be, you know, to, to put it that way, as a compassionate actor 
is to actually be with the suffering of those beliefs rather than the content of those beliefs because you, you, you probably also imagine, realize and recognize that when people have those beliefs, you can't talk them out of it. So what would it be to open your, just open your heart to the suffering of it? Because there is suffering in that. Yeah, so it's a, it's a journey. It's a journey that you have. It's not as if it's going to magically resolve itself, right? Um, but your, your task is to keep your heart open to him, even in the midst of your mind screaming no, right? So to notice that there's, you know, there's an aspect of you that wants to shake him into what, you, what your perceived reality is. And then there's a part of you who feels the compassion, you know, the suffering with what those kinds of beliefs bring. So to, to, to be with that rather than, you know, the one that's probably not possible right now, which is to shake him out of what you, you perceive to be delusion. Right. And, you know, be really narrow about what your, what your compassion can accomplish. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for the question. And then um, let's see. Next is uh, I'm sorry I couldn't manage that practice at all. I felt angry. Noticed a very childish voice in my mind saying, I don't like this. I know I should feel compassion, but just how does it have a, a healing effect? Opening up to that much pain just pe feels painful to me. Mm. So thank you for thank you for, for for saying this because I'm sure you're not the only person who is who is feeling that. I have sometimes when I've sat in meditation halls and listened to these kinds of instructions also felt the um, you know the resistance. So if you don't like it, just examine that. What is it about it that you don't like? So instead of just being stuck in the not liking, can you actually um, be really completely with the, uh, the not liking, right? And, and feel the anger. And can you feel compassion for that anger? What is it, um, what is it, and, and then I find when I, when I have that kind of reaction, strong reaction to something, that it's an invitation to actually um, investigate more deeply, to know what is it that makes this reaction so strong. And, and examine anger, examine the, you know, as you said, a very, maybe you did because you said it's a very childish voice saying, I don't like this. I should feel compassion. So what would it be like to surrender to just feeling compassion for this anger, feeling compassion for this, um, for, for this resistance and actually feeling the resistance fully. And you're not compelled to feel compassionate if you can't feel compassionate right now. And, but also know that it's not a permanent, nothing, nothing, nothing in our process 
is ever permanent. You may have, I'm sure you've noticed this already, we all do, that our lives change and shift and our views change and shift and our feelings feel change and shift and to be completely with it is as it is right now, rather than trying, I'm, I'm so glad that you asked this question because I, rather than trying to make yourself feel some kind of fake compassion, can you actually feel the feelings that you're feeling yourself rather than trying to fake it? Um, but sometimes also it's possible if you simply try to be there that it will eventually grow in you or maybe it won't, but it, it might eventually also grow in you. And this feeling of this recognition of the universality of suffering is certainly one that is worthwhile if you can't do in your belly or in your heart to actually do in your mind first. So examine that, is, that, is it really true? in your mind. And then perhaps from that, you can begin to see if, if that can translate into a feeling that you can um, sincerely or honestly feel. So thank you very, very much for that question. Delia. <laughs> well, they don't sound, it doesn't sound as if they're that subtle because you're actually recognizing them. <laughs> so um, so thank, you for, thank you for that. So, um, you know, patience is a really great parami to develop. Mm. And, it, and it so underlies so much of these teachings. And, but we, we sometimes don't make it explicit. We assume it's implicit that patience is, you know, part of the journey. And we may hear a talk such as the one about compassion, and I'm sure there are a hundred different ways of giving a talk on compassion that are different from the one I gave, but, um, but we may hear the talk on compassion and feel, oh, I'm not compassionate enough. Oh, I need to do it this way, or I need to, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And you, you know, your mind starts to get really active about all of the different ways that you could comply with whatever it is the speaker is suggesting. But I think, you know, the process is more, it can be more sustainable if we are just able to recognize what resonates for us, right? So if, if there was anything in that talk that resonated for you, any understanding of what calm passion with suffering means, then you could start there. Just start really small. We don't have to like, you know, take, eat the whole pie. <laughs> we get bellyache if we try to do that, but we could take a small slice and see, oh, so the next time I encounter suffering, what does it mean to practice with it? What does it mean to actually um, be willing to know suffering? Because a lot of the time suffering is hard to bear, especially if it's, it's if it's a person that you love or another person that you care about. So, you know, so our, our almost natural response or reaction may be to kind of push it away because it's, it's just too overwhelming or too hard. But I find that in those instances, 
to take just a small bite, right? A, a, little, a little piece and see uh, what part of this could I actually experiment with? And you don't even have to accept it as truth. What, which, what part of this could I actually investigate as to whether that, that kind of sounds true, but I'm not sure I completely believe it. So what part of it could I actually just take as a small, small, the smallest little bite and see if, if it works or see if it's true or see if it's, it resonates with me or see if I can at least agree to investigate it. <laughs> you know, we, we can really start small, really start as a kind of just small um, way of moving into the, the, the landscape, moving into that area. Right, and then we don't condemn ourselves for being unable to bite another piece of it, or to make it bigger, or to actually be the most compassionate person in the world. Which you know, good luck with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, right. That's that's what I would recommend. Is or if you or if it or if it feels completely like this is bunk. And I'm not into it, and I don't believe it, and it's all kind of sweet and all of that, but it's not my 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 thing. That's okay too, right? Because I find also that sometimes when I react that way, I'm react. You know, I can investigate why because I'm reacting strongly for a reason, right? So whatever whatever your reception of this is, whatever ways you have dealt with it, it's okay. And can we start with that premise? Right, and not have to force anything or want anything to happen, but maybe just leave an open mind. That's like, you know, the very basic is just leave an open mind and see the next time I encounter suffering, what might be helpful? What may, what may, you know, it's never to work it so that it will, the suffering will disappear, but how do I join it? How do I have compassion? How do I join with this suffering? How do I join with this passion? to see if I can at least make a difference. You know, so we start with a really small ambition. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so it's, uh, it's five past uh, the hour and I'm, I'm happy to continue if people want to continue. Um, but if you, need to, if you need to do what you need to do, please, please, Feel free, and I'm glad to have had you to have had you here. So we'll we'll take I'll take a couple of more questions. Martine, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think maybe just uh, take one or two more questions, and then we'll stop. Okay. Okay. So. Um, I mean, somebody see. was asking about Tonglen, uh, so I think it could be interesting. Uh, for them to know, because at the end of the guided meditation, the person is saying in the chat, you seem to be, to be doing something like Tonglen. Could you explain it a little? Um, so it, so I'm, I'm not an expert in Tonglen, but I'm, uh, I've, I've done the practice with a couple of Tibetan masters and, and uh, it's essentially, um, I'll do it on a very basic, in a very basic way, it's it's breathing in the difficulties. So, uh, and and I think I referred to black smoke in the at the end of my my talk today. Uh, it and and you can 
you can uh, visualize it as black smoke and you, you breathe it in. So all of, the, all of the pains and the troubles and the difficulties of this life, we breathe it in. And then we breathe out. Uh, it, it, it gets purified in the process of being in one's own mental, mental uh, mind and heart space. And then we breathe out the purified smoke. So I don't use, like to use black and white because of the, you know, some, sometimes it comes up as a, as a racial kind of way of describing it, but it's, it's the darkness and the light is, is maybe a, a better way of saying it. Even though my instructions have always been you know, black and white, but it's breathing in the darkness. Or, so all, we can even visualize all of the, the illness in the world, all of the difficulties that people are having in the world. And certainly we don't have that that difficulty now in these pandemic times and certainly in America, in the United States, all of the riots and, and terrible roiling that we've had. We certainly have a lot of material to work with to breathe in and then breathing out the purified, whatever is purified from that so that we send that into the world. Um, it's, a, it's a very unselfish practice. Um, but sometimes I've, I've found when I've done the practice, I've, I feel quite liberated at the, at the end of it. So uh, we can do that too. No, thank you for saying that because you're probably not the only one who couldn't do it. And, and I recognize that. And yet there is a way in which our recognition of the universality of suffering is a really important um, ground for us working with our own suffering. So that it's, it was this, that's why I started with the image of these five-year-old girls that I saw in that meditation hall. That uh, and they were of all stripes. They were from Africa and they were from Asia and they were from Europe and they were from America and they were, they were just, and, and it's, it's this inclusiveness of the suffering, a, a way to understand that it, yes, it's personal, you know, and, and I'm sorry to hear about your, your losses because they, I, I can understand how it, they may leave you in a, in a very tender place and I'm so glad you had the wisdom to say, I can't do this. I can't do this. I feel too tender. Uh, and and that's okay. It's there's nothing either wrong or right with that. It's just how it is. And isn't that part of what compassion is about? That we recognize the the difficulty. It's not just a kind of nice Dharma talk about suffering. It's that really there is this incredible suffering of being born into a human body or any kind of body. I, I imagine that the animals also suffer, right? Those who are non-human. And so we, you know, we can take small bites of understanding the universality of it. And also, I'm so glad that you had the wisdom to recognize, I can't do this right now. But it doesn't mean that you will never be able to do it. It just means that right now, 
you are tender and quite appropriately so. And I'm so sorry to hear about all of the losses you've been, you've been sustaining and about your own health. So yes, please take care of yourself. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with your not, I want to say it again, nothing wrong with your not being able to join us in, in, in that practice. And, and may I send my compassion to you for the loss of all of your friends and for, for the losses that you are suffering with your own health. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. And right now it's even more evidently universal you know, usually all of this is hidden from us. But the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic makes it so visible. And in some ways, I am glad for that. Because our hearts become tenderized when we recognize how much suffering there is in just being born into this incarnation, into this human body. So thank you so much, Dina, and thank you, everybody. I think we have to close now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.